proud. Malcolm will be proud. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We are now live for our Monday night show. Uh, we'll go with that straight away, Tiggs. What did you just announce to Carl and I? What happened? Yeah, yeah um, I had a big announcement, guys. I, not a big announcement, but I, I've been um, I'm in, in the running for caller of the year. So I've been nominated. It was my first call. It was hearing Kane Corns rabbit on about Richmond and how he thinks we're not going to make, you know, the finals or we're borderline making finals before the preseason. So I just hit him with facts. It was non-emotional. It was fact-based. And must have impressed them because, yeah, I got an email. I got a phone call out of the blue just just on Friday, I think it was, or Thursday just last week, saying, hey, look, you're, being, you're now caller of the year. You're in the running. There's going to be 12 picked. You're one of the 12. And wow. win a car. Is it a... Uh... A fan voting system? Can we spam vote to try and get you over the line? Can we pull? I don't the fan know how together? it works. I don't know how it works. Look, if it's if it's inside, I cop a lot of um, you know guys like me with really huge penises. We get discriminated <laughs> against if people talk opposite You know, like it's you know it's shocking. But so I don't expect to win it. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, tell you what, we're copping a slapping here. We've got Julian and the Richmond Journey having a crack at us for not starting eight thirty now. The reason for that is Tiggs has had a big spider issue over at his oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to share it, right? Like my goatee was black and now it's gone grey. Look at this. Gone grey. Um, I've got um, I've got uh, two huge glass sliding doors. So anyway, I went out for a cigarette before the show and, and I'm walking back in the house and my wife is, looks, looks at me and screams, spider. And I know what the fuck she's talking, spider, right? Um, and then I look up, and right in front of my face is a tree spider, the size of my hand, just sitting on the glass. And it was outside too, so I'm actually walked right past it. Uh, yeah, he gave me the heebie-jeebies. Very good. Uh, yeah, wouldn't be keeping that one alive, but uh, oh, no. jeez, you you savage tonight. The Richmond journey got more excuses than cane corns about us jumping on late. Um, oh. How you been, Carl? You had a good weekend? Yeah, yeah, no, really good. And uh, good to see the Tigs get a win against Hawthorne down in uh, Tassie. Yeah. Uh, good cause, of course, uh, down there. And good to see yeah. so many people attend as well. They had 8,500 people down at that match. So that was great for a, for a pre-season game. So, it, um, and it, it sounded loud. But I, there was a small part of me that thought it was enhanced audio at the start it just seemed like it was one of those it's too good to be true but sure enough when the camera pans around there's a shitload of people there it was good yeah richo yeah. good notification good good eyes mate yeah i did but then i had my 50th birthday <laughs> well, yeah, it all yeah. it just all it all just went to shit look i'm <laughs> and now I'm, I'm trying to get the willpower again to get back on the wagon i will do it like you know when you're paying nearly 60 bucks a packet it's it's, it's a bit much so yeah, yeah this, I, is a, I, this is a, i blame age Keep, keep all your comments, folks, about the game for a second. We'll get to that in a moment. There's a good point by VM, though. If you are watching, make sure you hit the like button, share. Um, Thank you, On whatever platform you're on to, to get us out there and help us with the algorithms on the various platforms we're on. It's always much appreciated. And, and as always, keep your questions coming through. And we'll do a listener question segment at the end as well. But you will notice that we are one man down tonight. Now, there's no yeah. secret uh, guest appearance from CB tonight that I'm aware of anyway. Um as we all know, he was he had a, a cricket final on over the weekend, and it was threatening to to wash out. But they, uh, from what I could tell off Twitter, his mob, the Gorman Dale Tigers, I think they are, were out there with sponges, sawdust, whatever they could find to dry up the pitch. The other mob didn't want a bar of it, um, and they they ended up getting the pitch to a playable condition. And CB's boys rolled them 
and have made it to the grand final. So mm-hmm. I, I reckon he must be in some type of hyperbaric chamber recovering with his knee on ice. Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. John, well done. So you guys are in the grand final. Yeah. But before we get to the footy, now, one of us midweek did happen to make the local paper. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a, legend. It, a legend. A legend. No, yeah, not a legend. legend. Not a legend. It is. It is very much out there, and it, it wasn't either any of us. Are you sure so, you didn't dig up the time I was in the local paper a few years ago? No, we we can we oh, well we can. It's okay. Yeah, it's not worth looking at. It, it was for a charity past. event. We, we won't I go. I was in the paper right. too. Um, I could bring out the magazines. I think I still got them in the garage from Penthouse Forums. So a few stories about <laughs> me and my adventures. I can bring those out. All right. All right. Here, yeah. now. So CB. Look, he said he's not here because he's trying to recover and get right for the grand final. I'm thinking yeah. he's on a media oh. circuit promoting himself ahead of this week's yeah. grand final. Dale boys can correct me if I'm wrong here. This is a legitimate uh, excerpt from a, an article in the local paper yeah. for the B-grade Yarraman District versus Gormandale game that was played on the weekend. I won't read all of it. I'll just read the important bit. Gormandale has one of the best B-grade all-rounders this season, and Brendan Peavy being in the top six for both batting and bowling across the TDCA. And the one to watch, Brendan Peavy, will uh, will look good to keep his form going and lead Gormandale into a final. Yeah. He he reckons he was stitched up by the fellas at the club. I reckon he wrote it himself. Yeah, um, well, he did write it himself, isn't it? The author, Brendan Peavy? I'm sure. That's I read... right. Yeah. <laughs> and he correct me himself. if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but uh, I think you alerted us to the fact that he got smacked around the park and made two. So that, that was a good contribution by CB. Yeah, no, it's official, lads. Um, CB is now our cane corns of the show. That's right. <laughs> the uh, the other thing, that the snowball effect that happened from the cricket talk last week is I actually had people from within the club reach out to me who gave us a bit of inside goss and some stories about old CB. I'm not going to re- reveal who they are because he hasn't put two and two together. He doesn't know who it is. So one of the first story we'll go with for tonight is the mystery person said that uh, on one of the nights before the president asked this particular person to play, he asked him if he would buy him a half a dozen if he ran out the other captain, Danny. And the president told this player that he'll do you one better if you run out PV or buy you a slap. So they don't even like him down there themselves. <laughs> but uh, no, good on the boys for making the grand final. Very nah, good on we're, we're pumped for you, CB. And we hope you... Bring on the silverware, and there's probably a solid chance we won't see him next week because he'll be hungover one way or another. Right. He's having a mud bath right now just to recuperate. That you know, that twelve-year-old yeah. skin. Got look <laughs> after it. I thought he was going down to the hot springs. Oh, he he, he be there. That's, that's his mad Monday down at hot springs. Is it? Oh, okay. Sorry, I've yeah. got too early. All right, we're getting a bit of footy stuff now. We can't let this slide. Steve Hawking now comes He's out mid midweek, starts gloating about charging Richmond fans an extra $10 to go down to the Maui by the sea to watch the game against Geelong. The conflicting reports that were coming out were quite amusing. Now, I'm, I'm sure we've got listeners out there who went to that game. Was anyone actually charged this $10? Because I've read that people weren't charged um, and that he was just talking shit. But I, I just don't get Carl why he would come out and sort of flaunt that. Like, it's okay to have rivalries, but don't gloat about overcharging and ripping other people off. You know what? I think regardless of whether it's supposed to be like a, you know, uh, a, a joke, it's a bad look. You're new in a role like that, you know, at a club uh, that's had a, a pretty big rivalry rivalry with Richmond over the last few years. You know, we played in some ripping finals and we knocked them off in the grand final in 2020. You, you, going into that position, 
and I think and having come from the AFL and the position that he was in, I, I think it was, you know, I, I think it was just poor taste to say something along those lines, you know. It's just like, who are you to say that sort of a comment, you know? Uh, I, I was disappointed to, to read, read a comment by Steve Hocking along those lines personally. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it was a good look. Yeah, look, for me, it just highlights that what I've always believed, he um, can't stand the club for, you know, we we have hurt the ego of Geelong. They've had it over us for so long and now we just dominate them when it, in real games that actually matter. And this is a bloke who was changing the rules and every rule he had was to try to stymie our, our um, ability to perform. So when he did that, I just go, yeah, yeah, you're now not confined by... AFL protocols, you can just be show your your, your anti tiger bias. So yeah, might be reading too much into it, but I reckon that's what it is. He's never right, liked it like this as a club. So now it's for all to see. Much to Slime's point, it reinforces that we're living in his head rent free. Yeah. And I think that's a bang <laughs> on point. The the other interesting claim that came out in the media this week, Tiggs, uh, which relates to your mate Malcolm. Uh, Mick Malthouse has said that the Blues must make the finals under Foss this year. I find that to be an extraordinary call in a coach's first year at a club that yeah. hasn't already been entrenched in the eight. Oh, but you just have to read. Like, I've, I don't know who else has got Colton mates, but I've got a few. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go on their Colton board. They're all thinking they've got stars across every line again. It's it's a circle. So we're at the portion of the circle now. They've shown a little bit. Um, so now they've got stars across every line. They're their team is so far superior to Richmond. Um, I remember a funny thing. I shared it on SEM when I rang um, this evening. I um, got a mate of mine, dead set Colton Nuffy, right? Like, dead set. And he's texted me a few times because, oh, Crips, you've got no one to contain him. He's a beast now. And I forwarded him a text from him not fucking five months ago. Crips is an old hack. We need to trade him. <laughs> How short their fucking memories are, you know? And- it's funny. It's funny. I'm with you. The Carlton supporters, when you talk to them, like, I've got a bunch of Carlton friends as well. And I was talking to one of them today and he was like, oh, I can't wait for the for the chair and the dusty lineup, the two number fours coming together. I'm like, hang on a second. The blokes, the blokes come from... The folks come from Fremantle. Okay, I'm sure he'll be a great player. He has a lot of potential, but he's no Dustin Martin. Okay, you know if you think that he's going to give it to Dusty, there's no he, chance. He will get torched by Dusty. Is what will happen. That'll be a great outcome for us if, if that's how they line up. You know what? It, it, like I get it because we could not handle expectation as a supporter base. Like if you think about early two thousands. Uh, 95, you know, all the false starts that we had under various coaches, we were the same, right? We were, like, every off-season, we'll so fucking pessimistic. I know myself, I got banned so often on Big Footy Forum because I would bite and fight back and and, and do naughty things um, to represent, you know, fly the flag. But they can't handle expectations at all, Carlton. They, their, their club, if you really break down the wins that they had against Melbourne, they played in Melbourne with no back line. They got 850 eight 50 free kicks that led six of them led to goals and they just beat them by what was it four or ten points or something and Melbourne was coming on with a wet sail so look they've improved a little bit um Voss has simplified their game style to be a more of a you know if you haven't got the ball run and tackle um which is a good starting point um and they're gonna I'm not gonna think they're gonna be easy beats because I'll clog the game up but what people forget and this is what I can't wait for we're going to be playing on the G in front of a huge ground and no other side plays the G like we do, particularly if we've got our confidence up. 
And for the past two weeks, I reckon, and now we've trained all off-season, our confidence is right up. So they have better have improved. If not, you know, all of our games, even when they're shit, are fairly close because we take the foot off the gas. I don't know, something, I said this, I've got a feeling in my waters. I don't think, I reckon Richmond this season is going to go bang. We're just going That's to go so- from the beginning to as far as we can go, just, you know, helter-skelter all the way through. Hmm. Good luck. All right, enough about the Blues. We'll talk about the Tigers now. So before we get stuck into it, for the new people tuning in, welcome. Uh, Please make sure you give us a like or a share on whatever platform you're on to help get us out there. It's always much appreciated. Uh, Pretty good practice game on the weekend against the Hawks. I know the scorelines don't, you know, really matter too much, but Richmond 14-10-94 defeated Hawthorne 9-15-69 by 25 points. Uh, Fair to say, Carl, really, the damage was done in the first two quarters. Yeah. Uh, and the last two quarters were just, I don't want to say going through the motions, but maybe a little bit of preservation and we took the foot off a little bit. Um, but, geez, in those first, that first half, we looked shit off. Oh, we just looked so slick. It it just looked very much like how we were sort of starting to play in, in 2017 for mine. Like, looking at the way we were executing our ball movement, even, like, when we were... Uh, creating like short passes, we we just managed to hit targets a lot cleaner. It looked nothing like how we were playing last season. Uh, that's what I was thinking. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but on Twitter there was a video of a piece of play. I think it was Bolton who ran basically from the back line to the forward line and I think gave it to Jack and Jack slotted it. It just looking at that, I was like, okay. We're back, you know. I've, I've got yeah. so much faith in our potential this year. You, we, you're, we're going to have bad years. We we had an absolutely shocking year last season. But I, after what I saw against Hawthorne, I'm convinced that, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely we're, – we're, we're looking really good. And I was uh, wrapped to see bolt up forward, kick three goals too. I thought that was that was good. It shows that whatever they're, they're planning with the forward line, if we're going with the three tools approach – it, it, it might might be starting to work. It takes more than one game to get a good look at three tolls, I reckon, in the fourth line. So It does. Yeah. It does. And look, I, I, I take on board that, yes, Hawthorne aren't the greatest team running around, but you can only mm-hmm. beat and perform against who's put in front of you. Um, and as far as preseason games go, we haven't really put one together like that for quite some time. So you can no. kind of tell the difference between the lead into this, this game versus other years. And it was yeah, such a big difference, Tiggs. What did you take out of that one? Yeah. Look, a couple of observations. The first one is the two games we've played, we played Geelong at their home ground and we've now played the Hawks in Tasmania. For me, that's a three-goal head start for both sides um, because, you know, Hawthorne plays Tasmania consistently a lot more than we do. Um, so they know, you know, the conditions and the like. But in saying all that, it reminded me scarily of our 2019-2024 when the heat was on in the beginning of the first quarter we basically just shrugged them off and then forced the game to be dictated our way. We moved the ball our way. We defended our way. Um, and we really obviously went in with a purpose. All right, this is how we want to play. Regardless of the scoreline, play this way. And that really um, really put a smile on my face. I really love seeing Cochin moving freely, even though he's rusty as all hell. He moved freely. He moved with pace, which was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in the second half, they took him, took him off for most of the second half. Prestia looked really good, particularly on the first two quarters. And again, he got limited time in the last half. Dusty is dusty. Some of his inside 50 hit-up targets were were amazing. And one of the things that really, really um, made me quite happy was the connection between Rewild, all of our forwards together in how they opened the ground. 
because Davenport was quite wide and the MCG is quite wide, it makes me pretty excited because, you know, um, Bolter would lead up and create space behind him. Um, if When it wasn't his turn to go, it was, it was Lynch doing that, Soldo coming in. Smash. So it was great. They all had – they all benefited for each other being on that part of the ground. Um, so, yeah, now I'm like yourself. Um, guys, I'm really bullish, really bullish about the season. Yeah, I agree with what you said, Carl, about it, it will take more than one game to see how the tools work. But yeah. it, it was nice to see they weren't cluttering and getting each other's way. Like It, it very yeah. much felt like the Bolter's instruction was he was to lead higher up the ground. The amount of times he was at that centre-half forward or wing area taking a mark or bringing it to ground. And that's the thing people maybe don't realise is he doesn't even have to take the mark. He just has to make sure they don't take the mark or get clean possession. If he brings it to ground, our small guys who are heading up to that contest are good enough to to then also help turn it over. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really loved Bolter's game, but we'll start off with Liam Baker, who I think was probably yeah. the star of the show in the first half, most certainly. 26 disposals, six marks, four tackles, two goals. He just looked dangerous. Like it, What he's done in this short amount of time getting overlooked in drafts, etc., is just unbelievable. And his goal sense, like the soccer goal, like not I know it seems simple when you're watching it, but not many players have the nous to do that in that kind of time. So uh, I think Baker's gonna be a real excitement machine up forward. Look, yeah. um, I I love Baker. It, we we're playing him the Lambert role at the moment because we don't have Lambert and he's excelling in that role. Um he's the type of kid that can play midfield. You know how Lambert always pushes up to the midfield particularly with the 6-6-6, as soon as the ball's bounce, he'll race up and go into the midfield. That's what he's doing. Um, and Shy's doing it on the other other side of the ground. So that both of them work in tandem really, really well by doing that, by creating that perceived pressure and forcing the rush kick if Hawthorne gets the ball. That's what I noticed by, you know, obviously I'm not at the game, so I'm looking at the TV, but some of the some of the visions showed that. But he's just, he reminds me of a small Jack Rewalt in the sense of his footy IQ. He just well, knows as Lee just go. said, Baker's footy IQ is off the chart. Bang yeah, on. it is. Yeah, Lee and I are great minds. He's got such a high IQ, and his reaction time is freakishly quick. So, he, like his soccer goals, like he showed, he knows when he has to burrow in and get the ball out. Um, and the biggest thing I got from him, he's having fucking fun. It was like a fun game. He was just, just enjoying it. Um, he was exuberant. He was smiling. He couldn't stop smiling. And that type of energy just feeds everyone else around him. Yeah, he's yeah, he was freakishly good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think he looked really good for mine for Baker. I think you know, I, I'm still I still love uh, looking back and seeing him in the back line as a defender off sort of half back, but I, I can see him playing like a Kane Lambert role if Kane's going to be out for a, a little while, like um, they're they're saying he could be this season if he slots into a role like that where he sort of has a bit of the best of both worlds playing up forward and can with the ability to defend a little bit too. I think, uh, yeah, that would be the perfect kind of role for him this year. And Carl, Noah Bolter, we touched on him earlier, 19 mm. disposals, seven marks, five hitouts, three clearances, three goals, including one on the left foot and a banana turn that Shane Warne will be proud of how far that one come back in. Um, what a game. Like, yeah. I know it's an isolated example we're looking at, but kind of like what I was referring to on the week the show last week, that if he can understand and get his head around the roles he needs to play when in different parts of the ground, he's going to be a very hard player to match up on because if you're not of that same ability, he's going to drag you in places you don't want to be. Um, and I thought he was exceptional. Yep. No, I have to agree with you on that. I think, you know, 
after the Geelong hit out, obviously we're talking about two different types of grounds as well, which has been raised in the comments so far. But after the Geelong hit out, I think he just sort of it was first hit out in a while, uh, first time he had a crack at playing in that position. Um, other than obviously sort of in you know random moments where he'll push up forward and, and work as a tool, which we've seen him do occasionally. Um, now that they've made the decision that he's going to play up forward, I think he really demonstrated why he's going to be playing that role against Hawthorne. And obviously, you know, practice game against Hawthorne, we can't read too much into it. But if he can deliver that kind of performance, all he has to do is kick a couple of goals and maybe help out in the ruck in the forward line or, you know, give Solo and Mank a bit of a, a, a chop out if they, you know, uh, need a rest here and there. And uh, I think, yeah, we can definitely... Uh, see why they've 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 decided to put him up there. Uh, I think he's going to going to do well in the role long term. And Teague's the Julian's point here: Bolter against the third best defender. That's that's the one we're trying to exploit, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is with Bolter, I think the Geelong game he, he was still good. He wasn't dominating though, and I think so. He's the type of player that will benefit on wider grounds. I think he's yeah. made for the MCG because he likes to run and spread because his ability to take get space on his defender is, is massive. You have to. What Bolter does, not only does he allow the third best defender or weaker defender to go on one of our other guns, like Jack's going to kick over 50 goals. Because the way I see opposition, I've got a couple of mates that work in AFL circles, and what I got, um, we're talking about it this morning, and the side-on effect of Bolter, if he can continue this form lift, is Jack Rewalt. I'm going to put a smoky on him winning the Coleman, because what's going to happen is, Clubs, when they do opposite analysis for us, they look at Tom Lynch as the primary target to nullify. Then they work on Jack Rewalt, right? Um, now they've got to go – now that he reckons most will go Tom, Bolter, and then Jack. And that means not only will Jack Rewalt monster whoever he's on and force him to reshuffle, you've got Bolton, you've got Baker, you've got Edwards, you've got Dusty if we float him in there for dominating. Everyone's going to benefit from it. But, no, nah, it was it was definitely – I just – only knock I've ever given Bolter. He's never been. He's he's a good user of the football, but he can because he was young and he's a bit of a cult. He would mess up, you know. He would overkick the ball, but he was so clean. I've noticed that even in the Geelong game, he's really cutting into his football ability. He's hitting targets when he needs to hit targets. Mm. He knows when to go for a contest to create a you know to bring the ball there. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. But one thing shit me, lads. I want to get your opinion on it. The commentary after the game, particularly on the radio today, is because we've got Bolter in the forward line. Oh, how can they manage this height? That means Soldo might not be picked, right? Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. It me. Soldo and Nick will play every game if they're, if they're healthy together. 100%. I, I laughed so hard when Alistair Lynch said that, that he can't oh. see how Soldo can break into our 22. It's like, did you watch when we were playing reasonably good football, winning premierships, that we played our best when they were playing in tandem? Like, but that's the key. The key to us... To you know, us performing well is having the ability to utilize two rucks like Nank and Soldo. Like in 2019, Nank had his difficulties with injury, and Soldo was like our prominent ruckman. You know, right. he was actually our better ruck. I don't really care what anybody says. I love Nank yeah. to death, but he's a better he tap ruckman. Yeah, he's a better tap ruckman, and he was more consistent um, for us throughout season 2019. And he, you know, had a great 2019 grand final too, which is fantastic. So to see him fit and firing uh, and being able to work with Nank, I think, you know, teams are really going to have difficulty with us. And then you throw Bolter in there as well to to help out. 
uh, as far as in the ruck stocks. Uh, I, can, I can see why, having lost Coleman Jones and Shoal, we didn't look at recruiting a ruckman because I would have thought there would have been a chance we'd go and look and, you know, uh, try and poach a ruckman from somewhere. We didn't do that. So yeah. we obviously didn't do that for a reason. And yeah. I think that what, what makes it work is that Nank and Soldo are showing a bit more up forward. Like they don't need to be able to kick bags of goals, but Soldo, when he made that epic contest in the goal screen, slapped it out the Baker socket it through. Those repeat efforts from a big man uh, are worth their weight in gold. And we know Nank would do something similar. So they're, they're providing a bit of a dangerous option when they're resting down there as well, Tiggs. Yeah, look, what I, what I see, sorry, my dog's farted. And it's the fucking worst girl. <laughs> He's lying down here and dropped his guts to sleep. Jeez. Oh, God, I've been trying to ignore it for the past You're sure years. you're not in a zoo? Like, there's a spider on it. It's biting, but um, no, what I, what I, I tweeted it during the game. What I've witnessed and what I'm sort of seeing is that we've, and, and Nathan Buckley, to his credits, picked up on it and ran with it this morning. We've evolved our game plan. It's still a chaos-based game plan, but what we've got is controlled chaos. We we have now identified with the stand rule the one of the most important aspects of the game. Prior to the stand rule, was um, winning the, it was pressure at the contest was the number one, and we focused our game plan on that and won multiple flags with it. Now it's actually winning the air, the, the aerial contest, because what it's going to allow to do, stand on the mark rule fucked us because once – the mark was done. We were pressing too high. The ball will kick over it. We can't then apply pressure, right? So Hardwick's obviously gone to school on that and go, well, you know what we can do? We can control a stoppage. So what we've got is now down the line we've got we've got Soldo, we've got Bolter, we've got Nag, we've got Lynch, we've got Jack forward of the ball. So what that means is if one of them takes a mark or drops the ball or brings it to ground, our, four, our smalls can run onto it. So in that isolated moment we've created our old style game plan again and we just rinse and repeat when we lose the ball the defenders get it can kick long to a contest again we reset it so it's magnificent evolution of the game plan and it's going to catch sides out because no other team and I, this is the thing what my mate said because most times teams ever when you think richmond think of height it's always been speed and pressure now they have to rethink us and go we have to deny Richmond, the ability to kick long over the press. They're going to try to force us to kick through it. And if they do that, it's going to help us. Why? Because it's going to create messy football. We're going to thrive. So, yeah, the coaches have done a superb job with it because we 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 have basically got two game plans in one. And from what I've seen, obviously, it's still early days and, you know, the pressure of four points is going to see if this wills out. But if we can maintain our shape, we're going to be the only side that I know of that actually has two Define game plans during a game that are working in within tandem with each other. It's fascinating. Yeah, well, because last year, if you have a look at our game plan, it just looked non-existent. That's and right. There were games like I, I don't reckon I saw as much Richmond footy as I had in my life last year. I just wanted to go and watch as much as I could. And if there's one thing I took from how we we tried to move the ball, we were using the wings too much. Yeah. Like we would we would go long on the wing and all of a sudden our opponent would be onto it and you know intercept the ball and get a forward entry and score and like kill us. That was what killed us most last year, I reckon. Uh as far as why we love <laughs> we and a number of other things too. But if if I could analyze something that just never worked for us last year, it was trying to kick the ball long and utilize the wings. We just we got found out every single time we tried to do that. Oh, Jesus, that's online strippers. No, nah, yeah, nah, I'll go to that real quick. Um, no, the very good observation <laughs> by the two of you, and it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, 
It's, it's the Russians. It's the Russians. Oh, another one. Jeez, hang on. I'm trying to block this. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next player we'll speak about, Carl. Hugo Ralph-Smith. I thought he mm. was another shining light. I know you like him as well, Tiggs, but there was one bit of play where he ran from pretty much the half-back line to receive the ball on the opposite side of the ground at the half-forward line and then made a good choice and we ended up with a, a shot on goal. Um, his work rate's good. I'm just not sure if he's going to be playing as a half-back or a wing or if he's going to do a bit of both. But hmm. uh, what do you have here? 20 disposals, 14 mar- uh, sorry, 10 marks, and 454 metres gained, which was second highest for us behind Jaden Short, who does typically lead that category. What did you make of Hugo's game? I like what he's he's bringing to the table, Hugo. I, I've, you know, I'm not saying that I've never been a big fan of him or anything like that. I probably just haven't seen enough of him. But what I've have seen of him sort of in the last year, uh, I think he's been, you know, one of our more promising footballers. And in the two practice games, I, I, I think he's shown enough that he's he's going to be pushing to be in our best twenty-two this year for sure. Like, if if I were the selectors. Uh, I would be saying he'd be up there for round one, personally. I just think he, he has a lot to to add. And uh, I think if he's going to play that halfback role, role, sort of like we were talking about last week, to replace a Hawley type, I think he could really develop well into that role. And if he had to, go forward and kick a couple of goals too for us. So, or even be utilised you know, in the midfield if we, if we were needed somebody to move into a role there too as well at some point or as a rotation. So... Yeah, I, I see Hugo uh, featuring a bit in our side this year, for sure. And he's, he's developed a calmness around the contest, which was missing from his his, his game um, last year, obviously, as he's growing into his strength. But, yeah, for me, he's a taller Hawley type. He's McIntosh, I love McIntosh. And he, what he brings, McIntosh, is his run and his work rate, right? So mm. if we can get Hugo to, to replicate that run and work rate, obviously Hugo's got a higher ceiling in relation to skill level. Um, yeah, it's it's great. And I like I said it when we who did we recruit? It was um, Brown from um, that would have gone to I believe Geelong. Um, we got him across. I can really see both of them being on either wing as they grow. Um, you know, in five years' time. But yeah, Hugo, I can't. Yeah, he's, he's tracking wonderfully in my mind. Hmm. Sorry, loving the podcast off-season move. CB delisted and KB drafted in. You're welcome, <laughs> Chris. Thanks for tuning in, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, the other player that I'll be honest actually caught me by surprise at how well he played. Although I did anticipate he may play well because of how he structured up was Josh Gibkus. Um, mm. I think having Tarrant and Grimes next to him was a huge part of the reason he was allowed to play as that third defender, and it probably felt for him more like a natural role that he was playing in the the NAB League as that intercept player. Uh, 13 disposals, two marks, three tackles, and an equal team high of seven intercepts, which is what he was highly touted for in his junior football, with Tarrant being on seven as well. Um, I, I loved his game, Carlin. I think he's really put his hand up for round one, especially now with the news that Grimes he's going to probably miss with that yeah. ligament, which yeah, no. could actually undo what I just said about how well he played. If he has to then take the second best board, it could impact. But Well, I see. I have a theory here, and I think Gibkiss probably is looking more and more like a lock, but uh, may start on the bench for us round one. What I would like to see, and whether or not it actually happens or not, just for the sake of maturity and being in our system for long enough uh, and need some more senior games, I would chuck Ben Miller in to start alongside uh, uh, Tarrant and also, um, yeah, just just back there. I think he, to me, would make more sense 
to to go back down there. Just somebody who kind of gets what it's like to be in our, our back line has been part of part of the system for a little while. Uh, I think, yeah, with Grimes going down, it'd be good to have him down there to support Taron in the back line. Personally, that's what I think. But um, no, I think, yeah, with Grimes, which is, you know, crap news, to be honest. I, I, you, you don't want to see Grimes not play round one. And hopefully it's just round one that he misses for the sake of the year because it's just, you know, it, it's it's only the thumb. So it, they can be killer injuries because they it, this is involving a surgery. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did like – I think there was one bit of play I saw of Gibkus at one point. I think he took a kick in. And he turned the ball over, but his second effort, he sort of won the ball again at one point, at like after he turned it over. So, you know, I, I reckon the effort's there, the intent's there, but he's still a little green for my liking. Obviously, that's to be expected over his first season. So, Yeah, my thoughts, I'm glad you mentioned his second effort. See, highly draft picks, the worry I get with some of them is that they've been talented so good that they don't have the work rate. Mm. You know, to back up, if, if they make a mistake, that they go and get the ball again. He does that. He's naturally... Really, really good. And I like the fact that he made – he went. Uh, the ball was kicked to him and he's missed the mark and it's spilled out of the pocket and he's gone bang like he was upset with that. So, but look, for me, the challenge for us is how far do we restrict his – how do we – he's got a nat- – his natural game is to leap as high as he can to mark the ball, right? And in defence when the ball's coming down deep, in some cases you've got to spoil the ball, not mark it, right? Or you only go two hands to mark it if you know you're going to 100% mark it. And he cost us a couple of games. Uh, he cost us a goal against Geelong and a goal again on the weekend because he went the mark. He couldn't hold the mark. The ball spilled and they got a crumb. So, but I love the fact that he's brave enough and he's confident in his own ability to go for the mark. So it's going to be interesting how we can tailor him into our into a discipline, you know, discipline level of football. If that makes any sense, um, I see him as a round one lock. He complements Tarrant. He complements Crimes. He will super complement Vlaston. I um, mean, and we're going to have we're going to have two elite interceptors of the ball. I reckon would be Gibbs and Vlosten and Grimes, the three of them. Sorry, able to read where the ball's going. Um, I reckon with Miller, uh, Gibbs is obviously going to get a flat period where he's going to get you know just VFL games, get a taste. His five weeks, throw the challenge to Miller to have a really good five week block in the VFL, and then rotate them across. That's how I would be doing it, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't we we do something like that. But he's a freak. He he, for me, can play forward. He can play back. And one of the commenters, forgotten who it was, he highlighted the thing that I'm really bang on about. We've now got multiple players, not one, two or three. We're talking about eight, nine, ten, eleven players that can now play in, any, in multiple parts of the ground, which is mm-hmm. a huge strength of our side that we're developing, you know, particularly for the future. Um, and Gipkis, I reckon, slots into that. Yeah. Uh, he's going to win a car one day if he keeps jumping for, for marks like that. He's... <laughs> Like you said, good on having the balls to do it. I know it was only a practice game, but that's his instinct. And I think Hardwick and the Richmond coaches are very much all about playing your game and your instinct with parameters rather than yeah. hard and fast rules. So I think that's only going to be a benefit to him. And I, I liked it. But yeah, it's the Grimes being out factor that could make it interesting. But a few people in chat have said that even Brody could play as that second tall as well, which is a good point too. And Vlosten coming back while not tall does play a bit taller and he's a very good lockdown. So I've got no doubt they'll make it work. But, um, yeah, it's very, very good to see uh, young How cool was Broad, though? Can we just – a quick – Broadie's game was sensational. Mm. He's just so Mr. Dependable. He rarely yeah. ever has a, um, a bad game. Yeah. Uh, he, and I, yeah. 
I was just going to say as well, on the topic of playing tall, uh, and this all comes down to who we pick in the end for round one, but if, speaking of playing tall, I kind of feel like Marlon Pickett adds a back adds a bit when going down back and he can sort of play a bit tall as well when, when it comes to, you know, in a contest, a marking contest, occasionally he sort of popped up and isn't afraid to jump up and try and create a contest against taller bodies too. So Even uh, uh, Camden McIntosh to that point as well. Remember, he spent yeah. time in the VFL training as a defender as a another option. So, yeah, I mean, I think we think he's strongest spot in the wing, obviously. But, you're right. yeah, mm. a picket or a Camden could definitely float back if um, if need be. Mm. Now, the final player I want to talk about, we he's probably copped quite a bit of criticism, and I'm rightfully so. But I actually thought Jack Ross played a, a reasonably good game against the Hawks. Um, I felt that he stayed within his limitations and didn't try and overdo things. So 21 disposals, six marks, three tackles, two clearances, and he went at 86% efficiency. Um, whilst he didn't have wow moments, he didn't have many moments be like, oh, shit. Like, I think he actually played his role really well. I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to cement him a spot. I, it probably won't be, but I think it was definitely an improved effort uh, on the previous week. Yeah, mm. look... My worry for him is that we played him on the wing. He's not a winger. Um, like, if you compare Ross on the wing on those numbers, you know, who's he going to push out of the side in that role? Um, for me, he's always an inside mid, and we've not ever played him for for that way. So there's got to be some reason why that's the case. It might be his vision's not or his reaction time's poor. Or For me, he played a very vanilla game, and this is not a knock on him. He played to his limits, and... I walked away and I was happy for him that he played a solid game for his skill set. But it can even convince me more that he's if he if he doesn't lift it to another level, he'll he'll just be a you know I could see I could see him not you know not having a career in the AFL, you know, in our side. Because there's he doesn't he he played an honest game and I'm wrapped for him, but he was against Hawthorne. You know what I mean? The Hawthorne yeah, mix. Yeah. Um, and you know, and there was some. He turns the ball over way too much by hand. He, he's, he's like he refuses himself to kick it. He won't kick the ball as often as he should. His tackle numbers are still really low. Um, yeah, he'll be leapfrogged really quickly, um, and that's my concern for him. He needs to find something that separates him. Um, yeah, JWB. I don't think he's even good as depth. I reckon we've got better depth than Ross, even though he's had now. I agree. A really good. He's had a really good stretch of football, and he, I don't think he's taken it with both hands. I don't, don't think he's been lazy or anything. I don't think his ability's there from how he's developed as a footballer. Unfortunately, I reckon yeah, Dow would jump right over him. RCD hopefully will get over him. Um, then we've got Sonzi, we've got Baker, we've got um, sorry, back whatever his name that uh, the kid from Tasmania that we got that looks sounds like Hodge. We've got a lot of high quality kids that we're going to burst through. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I left to shake my head. I don't think he's got he's going to last. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I just kind of think, you know, we've seen a number of players that are in our best 22 now as they've developed that have we, we've looked in their skill execution has been really poor. But to their credit, they've worked really hard on it and they've managed to cement their spots in the 22 and, you know, really deserve the spot that they've been given. Uh, and I just kind of think every time Ross is in, I always worry when he gets the ball. I'm like, what's he going to do with the ball? How's he? Is he going to handball? Is he going to kick? And he always, it's like he always makes a decision too late when he's handed the ball, yeah. you know, and it, it results in a, in a, a turnover 
and you know it, it's it, it just you know it, it's I, it irritates me it frustrates me so I, I I kind of see him being a player that ends up at the Gold Coast or something like that in the next couple of years I hate to say it because you know we yeah. want if, if you look at what's happening with Patrick Nash at the moment going over to West Coast in in a practice match he looks like he could be a lock in the best 22 and I'm devastated that he left Richmond personally I thought that uh, if they persisted with him, maybe for another season or two, he might have uh, been a good player for us. But uh, yeah, I, I, I see it happening with Ross, unfortunately. That's right. Both of you are right, Julian. Good point. I don't think he's a natural footballer. That's why where the hesitancy comes from. Nate, he's a natural footballer. You know, mm-hmm. some juniors, he probably played football because he likes playing football, but he's not an instinctive player. And that shows at, at this grade. Um, yeah, and on Nate, he's at the right club for him. They're going to want someone that's a weapon that's all offence. He won't be as defensively minded. He doesn't have to be. He's got these wide open wings to play on. He mm. should thrive, but he won't ever get the hard ball. And that's why he would never play with us. He doesn't have that natural defensive instinct. We try to yeah. force it into him and he just doesn't have it. But he will excel at West Coast. Yeah, and I think also we have probably have too many similar players that can play the role Nations trying to play as well. So we're a little that's bit right. spoiled for choice in that area. Can we give Michaels? Can we give love to one player that's copped it in the ass? Right, I mean, I've, I've hit him a bit, but it, what he's shown, people are grossly underestimating his, his year so far today. George Castagna, he's he was shit canning him last week. Yeah, I was, and you know, yeah. unlike CB, I admit when I'm, you know, <laughs> it's his prison cats that fucking throw me. I can't believe spider webs, but. No, no, it's a good call. It's a good call. He, he's had a, a pretty good couple of games, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's had a good couple of games. But what I think what's happened to him, he's been told now that, hey, this is your defined role now. Play to this role. You don't have to be the one that has to force contests in the air. We've now got the height to be able to get that aerial ball. I want you to be a ground-level player. I want you to be creating that chaos part and being where the big boys go. So if you see the ball leading in, I want you to be at the feet. And it's simple for him. And there was one passage of play which was beautiful to see. The ball come, Bolter has the ball, kicks the ball in. I think Lynch, Lynch spoils it, drops it to the ground, gets his own ball, own spillage, handballs it to, I forgot who it was streaming in. I think it was Shy Bolton who handballed it to Castagna, who ends up finishing the goal and because of our run and our wife. So that was brilliant. Yeah. Hopefully he has a great year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, and to your to that as well, Arts I think has played a better role. I've actually enjoyed seeing him in the small stints in the midfield. I think he's actually a smart footballer, not oozing class. The the faces you've both pulled maybe says I'm off the mark, <laughs> but um, I, I I don't know whether it's going to be enough to keep him in on a permanent basis. But I think nah. he had to find a different string to his bow because what he w- was doing and George at the same time wasn't enough for us, but. I think when he's gone into the gut, he's actually held his own, but I don't think that's going to be where he finds himself on a permanent basis. I think he needs to spend some time in the VFL, personally. I think, you know, I, I love Jake Arts, right? As soon as he just sort of came out of nowhere a little bit and was playing that sort of freak, small forward sort of game plan, uh, you know, to that sort of game plan where he was able to jump around and kick a few goals, I thought it was great. But he just, he really, in the back end of last season, just fell out of favour. I don't know. I mean, I know the whole side kind of did, but it really seemed to affect him and his ability to play the play the game. 
So I hope for his sake that he can push for a position in the best 22. But I don't know where they've sort of tried him at the moment. It just, for me, I don't think it's really worked just yet. I don't think they've found the right role for him right now. So maybe some time in the VFL would help him. Arts is a funny one. Arts for me is what I wished Ross was, right? Yeah. Arts for me is a perfect depth player, right? When he's on the ground, he doesn't mind getting hit. He will, he will, you can put, you can throw him in the midfield, which we've done. You can throw him in the back line, you can throw him in the forward line. And he's a trier. Now, he's not the highest skill level, but he can do some neat things. It's not consistent, though. That's what separates him from, for me, a proper senior 22 player. So he has some of the tools of a 22 player, but he doesn't have all of them. And he can't. And when he's on song, he can be as damaged as anyone, but he can't maintain that consistency because. You're born with the talent you have. You can grow yeah. it with training, and but it only grows to a certain level. So Arts, if Arts is playing more than 12 games this year, it's because we've been smacked by injuries, right? So um, that's no disrespect to Arts. He, he, um, yeah, he, I hope I don't see, my, I hope I see about four or five games a year from him. Um, I hope he plays a lot of VFL. I reckon he could be our Stephen Morris, you know, leader in the VFL. Um, you know, he's had a taste of AFL. He get called up a few times when needed, but yeah, he's not he's not AFL quality in my mind from what I've seen of him, and that's not a bad thing. It's just what I've seen. Mm. Fair enough. All right, so we're um. I think Carly Miller might be um arts. Sorry to offend you, Carly. Yeah. Whatever. You... I'll just relax. I'm hitting the enter button there. Um, <laughs> listen, start thinking of your questions. Questions to ask. We're going to do that soon but first i think each of us are going to try and pick our best 22 for round one um and and see how we go and to north queensland chocolate i've tried telling tiggs it's shay for about four years now but to no luck so i've given up and i hope you're staying safe in north queensland too as well hopefully everything's going well for you up there Um, yeah he'll forget you'll forget by the end of the show so it's okay uh who wants to go first with their 22 for round one should we do it backline? Each one do their backline, then we'll go to the midfield. And oh, then okay. go to the- no, we can do it that way. Yeah. We can, All right, we can do you go first. Who's your first back three? All right. For mine, Dylan Grimes, Robbie Tarrant, and I will put in Liam Baker. So you reckon that Grimes will play despite the club saying he's in doubt for round? Oh, sorry. You're talking about you're – to- I thought you said our best 22. Oh, you mean oh, 22 for, for the game. Yeah, for, for round, round one. Yeah, for round oh, one. Oh, for round one. Okay, so Robbie Tarrant, I reckon Daniel Rioli, even though I don't I don't rate him as a backman, I'm sorry. I'm I don't I don't I don't rate it, but anyway, I could go on for 25 minutes. Uh Robbie Tarrant, Daniel Rioli, and it will be uh I reckon they're gonna be forced to uh, Jaden Shaw. That'd be my yeah. my three. All right. What about you, Carl? Who have you got for so your back three? This is full full back line, yeah. It's not not the full back line, but like full back, like pocket, like pocket. Oh yeah, stuff. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, uh, given that uh, Grimes is out, I had, uh, and and this is on the proviso that Vlosten's fit too as well for round one. I had Vlosten, Miller, and Tarrant in the full back line. I've gone Gibkiss, Tarrant, and Broad. I think the Grimes issue. I think Gibkiss was going to play, but I, I actually agree with you, Carl. What you said early on that. I feel like he may have started on the bench if Grimes yeah. is playing. That may change things now slightly. Uh, Tiggs, your half-back line? Yeah, for me, full-back, half-back, because they all play, they all rotate. They all like, rotate, you know, yeah. I don't really care about order with them. Vlosten, obviously, um, Broad, the other one. 
And I actually think what we might look at doing is putting Noah Bolter back at the start because they've got that one, the Coleman, whatever they I can't remember any cold players. Yeah. yeah, he's a perfect matchup for him. He beat and him the last time well. he played. Yeah, and he beat him pretty, pretty easily. Um, I think we might go back to that just to, you know, particularly the first 10 minutes of the first quarter. Just see how um, we go. Carl, Lucas, you got right, still in my side. Oh, yes. Lucas is still in my side. Yep. Yeah. He's in mine too, but he's not no he's on the bench. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to that. I had um on the half back line I had short. Broad and Rioli, as in yeah, uh, Daniel Rioli, not Daniel Morris Rioli <laughs> Jr. Just to clarify, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got short Vlostin Rioli. Uh, I had Rioli out of the team, but the Grimes injury made me put him back in yeah. and shuffle some deck chairs around. Same here. Um, yeah, I think he's just kind of on the cusp. Uh, who have you got across the centre line? So this is wing, centre, wing. Yeah, for me, centre for me is Shy Bolton's got to play in the guts for me. Right, so Shy Bolton. See, he's uh, he said it wrong already. It's only two minutes down. Shy, Shay, 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 Shay Bolton. I'm fifty, man. I'm doing my way. Uh, yeah. so Shay, Shay, Shay Bolton. Um, sorry, Shay, for listening. Shay Bolton. I don't mean disrespectful. Um, for me, Trent Cochin. Um, and on the other side, for me, Dustin Martin. Okay, mm. Carl. A bit of inside and go outside a little bit. That's my sort of thought with the two of them. Again, this is on the proviso that Jack Graham's fit. I had Graham, Cochin, and McIntosh. Yep, that's fair enough. I, I had McIntosh, Prestia, and Bolton on the basis that his time in centre bounces these last two practice games haven't been that high. So I'm not sure if they've got him playing a bit more outside. But uh, McIntosh owns one of those wings 100%. Yeah. Uh, half forward line ticks. Shane Edwards for me. Um, Jack Rewalt, obviously, um, just slots in there. Now, the last spot for me was a little bit because do we think, um, do we, do we, have we got a feeling that, um, uh, well, sorry, I'll go back. That's where actually where I'll put um, Gipkes. I, I, I thought, Change it up a bit because Cole's going to think, you know, and, you know, Gipkis will be back. And we can to change Bolter and Gipkis if we want to. But he's got such a beautiful leap and I think he wants to run. So I might I might say to him, you know what, go on a, go on a half forward flank, jump at the ball, have a bit of a play. Okay. See what happens. All right. Uh, Carl, half forwards. Uh, I had Bolton, Edwards and Baker. And I would the only thing I would say to that is I would see Bolton and Baker rotating in the midfield as well, just based yes. off what I've seen so far. I think Bolton in the midfield at some point is a lock, and I would say Baker if he's going to play a Kane Lambert type role would be in the midfield at some point as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I've gone with Baker, Bolter, Edwards. I just think they're kind of really committed to the Bolter Ford idea, but the Grimes thing does leave a door open for him to play down back, but. Um, it could be. I would give Gibbs first shot, and then if we have to throw Bolter back, do so. But yeah. see how we go. Uh, Teague's full forward line. Yeah, um, I would put obviously for me um, in the full forward line. You know, Tom Lynch has to be in there. He demands a spot. Jason Constagna for me is the one that demands a spot as well. I have written these down, so I'm going off memory. And one of the um, comments were right on the money with the Alzheimer's. If I double up, just let me know, and then the name will come to me. <laughs> um, 
I would probably go. Uh, oh, what's his name? I've just gone blank. Um, I've gone blank. Boys, help me out. Uh, here. We'll, we'll, we'll jump to Missy. Carl. You keep thinking. You keep thinking. Uh, Carl, full forward line. Yeah, I, I, I had our three tools in, in the full forward line, Bolter, Lynch, and Rewalt, but obviously, you know, they might be in different positions than, than what I put them, but I'd expect them to be in the forward line. Baker. Sorry, Baker. Yeah, Baker deep. Okay. Yeah, Baker. I, I had Lynch, Rewalt, and Kisagna. Um, but like we kind of all said, they're all – that forward six, same with the back six. They're all going to mix and match and float around yeah. and do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who have you got as the followers there, Tig? So your Ruck, Centre, and Rover. Well, see, for me, um, for me, um, Toby Nankervis is number one starting ruck, right? Yeah. I got Soldo on the bench. Right? Yeah, so yeah, same. yeah same. so yeah. Toby Nankervis for me, um, Dion Prestia, um, straight in um, with, with Toby. Now, is Jack Graham is Jack Graham a chance or not? People in the chat reckon he's unlikely. I, mean, I don't think the club's said one way or the other, so I don't know. Yeah, so I'll put I'll, I'm going to put Jack Graham in if he's playing. Yeah, for sure. If he's playing, he goes in. Yeah. Carl, who have you got? Yeah. So Nank as the ruck and Prest is supporting him and, and Dusty there as well. Uh, but as as is the case with most games, I expect Dusty to spend some time on the forward line as well for for a yeah. bit of a spell or just if we need a spark in our forward line. So. Um, if that happens, then as I said a little earlier, I would see like Bolton or even Baker, you know, giving him some relief in the midfield in that role, in the following yeah. sort of role. So, Yeah, definitely. I've got Nankers the Ruck, Martin. Now, I, I've got Cochin there, and I actually did have him on the bench to start with because I feel like we're in a transitional phase. If we're not, I don't know if we want to load up him on all the midfield minutes, but then I saw him play, and I'm like, shit, you can't let him in there. He's just... He's just manic and he sets the tone for us as a side. And I think it's too important to, to not have for that, you know, that bit of heat early on. So Koch gets the nod in the midfield. Uh, for the bench, who have you got, Tiggs? <coughs> Soldo for me on the bench. Um, Vlosten on the bench. Because uh, these are the ones that are they going to play, if they're not going to play, what sort of stuff. Uh, the other thing for me, I'm going to put Sonzi on the bench. Um, they've got a young midfield, the Blues. Sonzi, I like his side. He really played well. Um, he really played well um, in the VFL. Um, and my other part on the bench is going to be Stack. I've got Stons in Stack. So what I think is if we find where they're going to try to beat us is in the midfield run, right? So if we need to reinforce that, we've got plenty of height, we'll just inject another couple of runners. So that's that's how I've gone. Yep, about fair yeah. enough. Carl? So i got uh, Castagna, Gibkiss, Collier Dawkins and Soldo on the bench. And then Hugo as our 23rd man. Is that still happening? I think it's still happening this season. Uh, yeah, it might be. I'm not too sure, actually. I don't think they scrapped that rule. They didn't scrap oh, that rule. Well, so. the 23rd man, I'll put Hugo in there yeah. as well. Yeah. I've got RCD, Soldo, Arts, and I've got Ralph Smith as a proper interchange player. Can I ask you both why you put RCD? Because I don't think he's, he hasn't played well in the VFL. I think his game just he just had is not wasn't up to par with Sonzi and Stack and... Others, I just going from VFL reports from what I've been told. Why would you mm. reward him? Is it just um, because of his name or his draft pick? No, not no. I, I think he 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 needs to be given. Uh, Given's probably going to 
put a few people off. But I think he needs to be told you've got six or seven games, no pressure. We need we need to see what you can do at the highest level. We just we need to find out now if he's going to be a player who is just good enough at AFL level or he can't cut it or if he's just a VFL star and just make a call on it. It's been what, three or four years. Um, from all reports, he worked pretty hard in the off-season and maybe it hasn't translated a little bit in some of the games so far. But I think we just need to find out now what he's got. Just give him a crack um, and just see see where it lands. Because he's got, he's got the talent and the ability, but it's just can he string it together at the highest level? And, yeah, I mean, I, I probably deep down don't think he will be the one that's picked on the interchange, but that's probably more of a, a hope thing for me. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm sure I put Jack Rewald in my side. I did put Jack Rewald. I'm sure I did. But, you know, uh, thank you, Julian, for bringing this kid up, mate. I'm fucking so – he's my arts replacement. I'm I'm hoping he comes on and I think he might – Cumberland. He's the one that I want. Um, yeah, I want Cumberland. He's the one I'm going to latch my wagon to this year. I'm going to monitor him closely. Mm. He just hasn't got opportunity at AFL level yeah. some, for some reason. You know, he and Ben Miller were the two that sort of hadn't hadn't been able to crack it in in their AFL side. So I, I agree with you. I'd like to see Cumberland play some footy this year because um, I think he's been showing a lot of promise in the VFL, and it's uh, overdue that he gets a gig. But yeah. it won't happen. It will not happen round one. No, it won't. No, it won't. Uh, Nick, to answer that, I, I think Ross has probably had more than his fair share of cracks at this. Yeah. I don't think he's got the same raw ability as what RCD does. Dow 100% needs to get an extended run out. I think he's going to, when he does, I think he's going to find himself cemented in this side pretty quickly. Uh, Martin and Cumberland do need to get chances, but I think they're probably slightly a bit further back in the pecking order. But uh, they will no doubt when they when the time is right. And we've still got Caddy sitting there who I think still has a role to play. Stack, I still think he's got a role to play. So we've got a bit of depth floating around. You know who we're missing? I cannot believe no one has mentioned him, particularly in chat. Very disappointed. For me, he's locking the back line as soon as and Daniel Rowley will be out. Is Mansell. Obviously, yeah. Mansell has not put a foot wrong. Has, he got himself to start in 22. He was always picked. Defensive, yeah. really disciplined, hard at it, um, just dependable and trustworthy. Um, yeah, for me, he's straight in He's straight in as soon as we. He, he's free to play. Yeah, um, I like that. So I think he was just hit down with COVID, I think, so I don't know how long his recovery has yeah. been from that. But, yeah, I, um, I do like Mansell. All right, well, uh, we'll throw it over to the – listeners quickly if you've got any questions send them through we'll answer a few before we jump off but i think we had a lot of the same names in there obviously different spots but that's okay they'll all find their way in there but it's going to be a tough gig uh picking that round one team it's... did we have any emergencies to note like if if the graham or have lost and doesn't play do you have people in mind that could come in like yeah. are people from your bench uh... going to fill the slots or and then someone else you know because I had a few people in mind that if if Graham or if Austin wasn't to play for injury's sake, I would change up change up. Yeah. Who did you have as your emergencies, Carl? Well, I had Dow, Pickett, and Stack as my emergencies. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. I reckon that's yeah. a pretty solid three. I had hmm. I had Dow, Sonzi, um, and I actually didn't do Pickett. I actually thought, you know what, Caddy. Justin mm. Givers, because he's been playing, he's been playing solid football. He's, and what I really loved about the report from the club about the VFL game, he's bringing other people into the game. So he's yeah. sharing the ball. He's, his assists are really high. I reckon he needs to be rewarded for that. So I would, yeah, I'd put him in as an emergency. Well, it's funny. I had Caddy and then I removed him for Pickett. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I, yeah. If we need aggression on the wing for whatever reason, we'll, Pickett will get games. But. Mm. 
He's not a midfielder's midfielder picket, oh, but again, I might be selling him short. He's, you know, he's a good player, but unfortunately, I think we're in a transition. So with his age, I think it's going to hurt him a little bit. He's, if we have injuries, he comes in, but <clears throat> I'll be reckoning they're looking to fast-track the youth. All right, we'll hit a few questions. Carl, this is probably a natural flow on from that. Do you see a role for Pickett in 2022? Um, I think it's going to be tough. I think there's there's a few different people competing for, for similar roles in our best 22, and I think Pickett's one of those. So I I, I think, you know, he, he's definitely going to play a, a role in, in some way, shape or form along the season. But um, I don't think his role is going to be handed to him on a platter by any means. I think he's going to have to work hard for it. Um, but if there's anything he has shown since he's been at the club, he's a hard worker and he's been rewarded over the years. So I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see him in some way, shape or form. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he if he doesn't play the first few rounds, that's for sure. No, that's a fair enough point. I, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, Tiggs, the new umpire abuse rule, what do you think? Imagine if you were playing with this rule. We'd be slaughtered yeah. from the umpires. No, you'd have to uh, slam your mouth shut. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ralph, but is this alluding to the 50 metre that Jack gave away? Uh, and I think Tom Lynch as well for asking who to throw the ball back to. So what, what's your take on the new interpretation on that, Tiggs? Look, what worries me is the reputations the players have. You know, obviously we concede the mo- most free kicks and we receive the less free kicks. So you can't get past that. That's, that's you know, generational now in the sense it's happened year upon year. So I was petrified, but I was, I was you know, I pressed you did a stupid thing and um, the one against um, Lynch was just pathetically stupid, right? Um, but overall, we didn't really get petty so much. I think Hardwick is hopefully going to say to all of them, if a decision goes wrong, don't even remonstrate, don't talk about it, don't look at them, don't show any emotion at their direction. You know, do it within your teammates. Um, and yeah, so I think we'll manage it, but I hate the rule. I, I look, I get about respect and all this sort of stuff, but football is a you know, and I don't the swearing and like I've never condoned you know abusing the umpire like your finger in his face or or a sharp right. Any player do that, they should be banned from the game forever. But you know, disputing a decision, going, come on, what are you doing? Or shaking your head, that's not disrespectful. And the ironic part about the Jack Rewitt one is if the umpire had have actually paid the correct decision, Jack wouldn't have had to question it three times. He was That's being right. held off the ball. So I think Jack was within his rights to be a bit shitty, but they're obviously going to be hot on it, aren't they? Yeah. But I think as well, you just the players are just going to have to accept that this is how the rule is going to be interpreted this year. And if we look in the past, there have been moments where, you know, uh, Dusty or, or Jack have pushed the umpire and it's resulted in undisciplined 50s. I think, you know, maybe Koch has to stand up and say if you give away an a, a unforced 50 for arguing with an umpire, you can change a nappy or something. Or yeah, whoever's, got, whoever's got a kid, you know, at the club, you're going to have to change the, the nappy again. That way you know, it'll put everyone off giving away, you know, Absolutely. undisciplined 50s. I wouldn't be saying anything. Freeze. <laughs> uh, next one for you, Carl. How excited are you guys about our youth? Uh, we have picked up to add what we already had, so with our, our new draftees coming in. Very excited, very excited. And we just seem to get it right, you know. Yes. For years and years and years, we passed on all these players we could have had. You know, we could have had Buddy, we could have had Pav. Instead, we ended up with, like, Tamling and, and Fiora. And, and, you know, not to say that, you know, Tamling wasn't uh, a great servant to the club or, you know, he, he played a lot of footy for us, but it, he wasn't that kind of 
player, A-grade player that we could have had, you know. And I think, and I'm not saying that we necessarily have to get A-grade players. I think that's something our recruiting staff has realised. They've sort of looked outside the bracket a little bit and looked for opportunity. Uh, and we, we've seen amazing players come to our club uh, and, and we've done it again. We, we just get, we seem to get the steals. We get these players that are talked about going as top 10 draft picks for later picks when it comes to the draft. And even our mature recruits, we seem to have hit the nail on the head the last few years with with mature recruits that we either add to our list from our VFL system or we, we get from elsewhere. So, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, so nice. I'm always excited. What well, I think have. what you mean too, Cole, is we're actually recruiting players, regardless if they're recruits or new um, young draftees, that fit the club. Exactly, so yeah. Fit, fit us you. as a team. They fit our culture. That's what they are. So, like, Tambling for me, I've I, met him a few times here at Harper. He was an A-grade junior. Yeah. It was Terry Wallace, Wallace butchered him by keep on playing him when he was out of form. Should have let him just get in the VFL, get his confidence back up, dominate that area, then see how he goes. He didn't do that. But you're right, we're, we're getting players that you know are Richmond men. They're Richmond boys at the moment, but will be Richmond men, the, the traits that we love. And it's it's great because that type of recruiting automatically builds loyalty because what will happen is they love the environment that they're in. They form really close bonds, closer than they normally get because they're all similar types. Um, and, yeah, it, it just really just secures our future. Hmm. All right, I think it's second. You're, you're, oh, I was just going to say just quickly. Uh, spot on though about the environment in years past decades past we haven't had the right environment to be able to know what sort of players we want we, we need for our club that would be a good fit for our club and it's sort of turned in a sense that there's players that want to come and play for Richmond because how well we are you know equipped as far as the environment so yeah, yeah. it was almost like an identity crisis and just didn't know what we <laughs> needed to fix ourselves but yeah exactly got fit together now it's good uh, second last one, Tiggs, how many games does Morris Rioli Jr. get this season? I don't think he'll get many. I, I think um, he's still way away from it. He's At the moment, when he gets on the ground, he just wants to tackle someone, right? That's what I see. He just wants to run and chase, which is great, right? Um, but that game plan, that type of player is not uh, – pressure. that type of pressure – um, well, only get you half the battle, right? What I want to see from him is be creative, run to space, try to demand to receive the ball, that type of thing. I, that's why I think Harvey didn't put him in the forward line but put him at the, you know, I think on the wing or put him at like half back and let him run at the ball. Um, that's my only concern with him, but that's development. He's very, very young. Um, and, you know, he's coming, he's coming from, you know, a, a, a pretty solid base. I think in the NT with his side, he was in and out of the side in the sense and he went decided to commit the fall. Full time, so yeah, I'm bullish about him. He's got a nice high ceiling, but he's just got to get it out of that stage where I've just got to run and chase someone. I really mm-hmm. wanted to, to start to create his own. Um, yeah. Keep that pressure, keep that intent, but you know, it'll be good having VFL this year for him as well, so he can actually yeah. hone in and do what the coaches want him to do. He mm. needs a full season. He needs a full preseason, which he's now had, and he needs a full season in the VFL. So but the other I, thing, yeah. Yeah, the other thing I'll say on Morris, I think he needs to just be given the time to develop as a footballer. Yeah. One thing Daniel didn't have when he came to the club, he played like round one in his first season. And, you know, he was just uh, thrown in the deep end a little bit, you know, because he was Daniel Rioli. He, he had the Rioli name. Uh, and, and, and look, he did show a bit as well. He's, he was talented. He is a talented footballer, Daniel. But 
I, I think they've learned from that not to do the same to Morris, to give him some time, you know, and, and they're just going to reserve him for a right. But he could end up being a good chaos footballer that works really well with our game plan, given a couple of years in yeah, the VFL course. system, you know. Yeah. I can see him I can see him playing really good football in forward line for us in the years to come. But just let him – don't let's not get too eager, you know. Let's just – there's wait, no, wait there's, there's no pressure on him either, which is good. No, like we've got exactly we're right. covered in that spot. We don't need to force our hand a little bit, which is nice. I love just uh, the fact that he's got Bolton, he's got Pickett, he's got you know um, Parker, he's got those good solid yeah. guys around him to allow him to develop. You know, and it's not because they're because average for Aboriginals you know, having fellow Aboriginals is a fellow Aboriginals is important for them. Obviously, this is not a racial thing, but uh, you know, just helping us. I hate using the word assimilate, but if you understand what I mean, you know, bridge the culture gap, get him used to how metropolitan Melbourne's like and guide him through it. Um, and obviously he's got the other young kids, um, younger players around him as well. So I have high hopes, big hopes for him. All right, and the last question, uh, Julian, any live commentary games for us this year? Um, I wouldn't mind doing a couple of away games, so we will. Yeah, we'll, see how that, we'll see how that pans out for sure. So if everyone's keen for us to have another crack at that, definitely let us know. But, um, yeah, we'll try and bring some extra content during the year. But thank you so much for your questions, everybody. Much appreciated. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or like, share, follow us on all our socials and get right behind us. We're, we're growing year on year, so I think this is season number six. It's all going well. Um, we look forward to getting stuck into it with round one around the corner. Um, next week, I think there'll be a show. I say that because I'll be in Queensland, but I'm, I'm trying to convince everyone I'll just take the laptop with me and hook it up. So who knows where I'll be, but I'll uh, definitely try and jump online. We'll we'll get one out for round one. But thank you for joining us tonight, guys. Carl and Tiggs, much appreciated. Uh, CB, if you're listening, well done. I'm making the grand final again, mate. And good luck for Saturday. Yeah, good and luck. Yeah, break a leg, son. Break a leg, mate. Or a knee. Yeah. Depending how you in the local paper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be in the Herald Sun next. He's just on a on a media path. He is. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Really appreciate your love and support as always. Uh, always good to be talking the Tigers with everyone. Thanks for your questions, and we'll speak next week. And go Tigers for round one. Go that's Gold right, Coast. Nice. I'm knocking over the Cats. Keep going, Suns. Go Suns.